Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Greg Piatelli previewing the 2020 MLB playoffs. We got through the wacky 60-game regular season, and now we enter a new type of playoffs. 16 teams enter a three-game wildcard series kicks things off on Tuesday. They may be underway by the time you're listening to this or you're catching it before the game start. But either way, we go through all eight series. We look at the pros and cons to every single team. We make some predictions at the end. We answer some fan questions. So as always, you need to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be a part of the conversation. Join The Facebook group, The Bullpen Cart Podcast on Facebook is where you want to be to submit questions. That's where we're answering them from. ThunderBLG is where you can tweet at us as well. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram where you can find all of our great posts. But enjoy this episode. Let us know who you think is winning the World Series in the show notes. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, the namesake of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, sir? Jordy, I realize that we haven't done a lot of baseball podcasts this season, mm-hmm. There, and, and we also have not uh, done a lot of lineup picking week by week yes and i'm gonna go out on a limb and say as the winner of the one or two of both the weeks that we picked a lineup since i won both weeks i'm gonna go out on a limb and say i'm the season champ therefore far superior in the year 2020 uh, my fantasy team baseball <laughs> weekly baseball team was far superior to your fantasy weekly baseball team all right so I, I I'm, in that regard i big money league in that regard, I've been patting myself on the back. You came in what place? Second place. I was in first for a while, and then uh, my team fell a little short. It's weekly lineups they do. So once the first game on Monday is played, you cannot change anybody. Uh, and two weeks ago, JT Romuto and a few other players uh, all got hurt on, like, Tuesday. So I lost a lot of at-bats uh, in the middle of the week, which is never good. But you know. Speaking of JT, yeah, the, the big, Phil- quote, big, big quote from your boy Bryce yeah, today. So- the well, it was yesterday, but the Phillies better fucking sign him. Is all I need to say about that. We do have a question about the Phillies and the Red Sox, but we will tackle that at the end because they are not in the playoffs. Greg, we are here to talk about the COVID playoffs, which, for those that don't know, they expanded. Greg, from what had been ten teams with a single game wild card into your usual ALDS, NLDS, and or ALDS, NLDS, ALCS, NLCS, and World Series. Now we have eight teams in. First and second place automatically got in from each division. And then the last two teams were wild cards, almost similarly to your favorite playoff format from the NHL, how they do that, where they let the divisions have their teams and then go from there. But they're not dividing the playoffs by division. That'd be a little too complicated with three divisions on each side of the bracket. They did it one through eight. And Greg, 
we find ourselves looking at a pretty crazy playoffs. We had two teams under 500 get in. And I want to hear your thoughts on this, Greg. We'll start with the format, which starts with the wild card series, which is three games all at the top seed, followed by the divisional series and the league championship series, which will effectively be played in bubbles in the World Series, also in a bubble at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, the new home of the Texas Rangers. If you have not heard, Greg, they build a new stadium. But what are your thoughts on these new playoffs? Did you just raise your mic level? Uh, I, I don't know. I was speaking louder into the microphone. I was excited to uh, explain things. You know how I love to explain things. Excite, excitement can be contagious. Um, honestly, uh, the under 500 thing did not surprise me. I think um, I and you and I both predicted that there would be teams under 500, especially because year in and year out teams in third place often hover uh, in divisions. I should say often hover around that 500 mark, whether one or two games over or below, you know, the third place in, in divisions typically uh, is around that mark. So not surprised that we have a couple teams under 500 make it. Uh, I am surprised that with all the games that got canceled and, earlier on in the season and teams didn't play. We didn't get much about how some teams just have less of a record, right? And just, or did they? It sounds like your mic might've gotten cut out, but I can, I can think I know where you're going with it. Um, For those that don't know, there are some teams that did not play 60 games of the 16 teams in the playoffs though, Greg, uh, only one of them did not play 60, that being the St. Louis Cardinals, who were 30-28, and 28, getting themselves the five seed for playing 58 games, uh, whereas the Cincinnati Reds were 31-29. and 29. So it is possible that if the Cardinals had played 60 games, they could have been 30-30. and 30. They would have been the seven seed. Uh, Cincinnati would have had a better record. They would have been the five seed. Um, so that's really the biggest difference there. Uh, you pretty much, most other teams got themselves up to 60 because of different ways that major league baseball was able to reschedule this. Um, I'm trying to quickly scan through to see who didn't and the Cardinals might've been the only one. Uh, uh, no, it looks like the Tigers also only played 58 games. So those must've been two games that were supposed to be played and got canceled. Tigers, obviously very well out of the playoffs, uh, find themselves with the third pick in the MLB draft, which, Maybe they could have won two games, given the Red Sox the number three pick. I don't know what your your thoughts are on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's something where they want to try to get this thing done. They want to figure out – I mean, they're not giving anybody days off, which is kind of wild. Um, so maybe they just wanted to figure this thing out instead of trying to stuff in a doubleheader between Detroit and St. Louis where Detroit doesn't have to play. So I don't know really what, uh, what Major League Baseball's answer was to this, but I think overall with eight teams in the playoffs – it's a, uh, you know, it's a non-factor. And further, if you're the Reds, you're probably more happy that St. Louis didn't ultimately lose two games because they get to play Atlanta and St. Louis plays the San Diego Padres, who are a much better team despite only being two games better than the Braves. Yeah, no, and and I think it's a miracle that we're at this point to begin with, you know, with the first week, two weeks of the season, First, with 
Yeah, I guess it was two weeks. I was about to say the first month, but uh, we only yeah, had two and months. Then, yeah, and then we had another scare two weeks after that, and it was it was crazy with games being canceled left and right, and you know the Blue Jays having to play in home games in, in Philadelphia and quarantining in Philadelphia. And, you know, it was just a whole thing. So it's it's uh. <laughs> Trying to check the score of the Monday Night Football game, and Yahoo pulls up the actual broadcast. So apologies uh, there. You had to hear about I mean, Steve Spagnuolo. <laughs> I'm saying it's a miracle that we're at this point, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some interesting things for sure getting into it, and uh, I'm excited. The bracket system is great. Um, you know, we talked about a little bit NHL. I'm glad they went to it, but. Um, I, I'm not. I guess I'm not really surprised. Maybe the White Sox are, are one or in the Marlins. Maybe one or two surprises. Um, but other than that, I feel like you and I were talking about every other one of these teams as legit contenders. Yeah, I'm uh, not totally especially... shocked by the White Sox. They 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 were the team. I think it was the first year we did the podcast. The Giants had all that talent that they got in the off season, and that was like we gave it that label of the we need to see if they're good hype. So maybe in a full season they don't they don't hold on but i'm not shocked that in 60 games with as good of a lineup as they had prior to to a lot of the additions right. they did that they could figure it out right 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 and and that was a big thing too was was who can who who's a team that starts hot and stays hot throughout so uh and stays healthy really because yeah. i mean we'll get into it but a certain a certain team in texas uh with Without some healthy pitchers, it's going to be a tough road. Planned without uh, some household items, it seems. Uh, if you've not <laughs> seen the memes going around the internet, uh, which does bring me to another question. Are you fine that they did somewhat in the same vein as the NHL, of that they gave the top three seeds to the division winners, the next three to the second placers, and the final two to the wild cards? Because the Marlins would be... I don't know where they would go versus the Reds because they have the same record. But for instance... The White Sox are the seven seed, uh, and the Blue Jays are the eight seed, whereas the Astros are under five hundred and are the six seed. At least with the Brewers, who are under five hundred, they were a wild card team, so they are appropriately the eighth seed. Uh, we mentioned the Cardinals and their wacky shenanigans with having only played fifty eight games, but there's some other examples of this too. The Padres have the second best record and are the four seed in the National League. Uh, the Yankees are the fifth seed, whereas the White Sox have two more wins than them and are the seventh seed. So it's uh, it's all kind of over the board. What are your thoughts on that, Greg? No, I think honestly it should be the top division winners, right? The the one, two, three seeds are are the division winners ranked by record, and then it should be the team that was going to be the wild card in, in the normal. You know what I mean? Like the top, the next. So the best record after the division winners, because winning your division has to mean something, right? It, yeah. Regardless of it, if you're in the NL Central and your division sucks, but or the AL Central division, yeah, winning the division has to mean something. Absolutely. So, I guess so my point to, is more that the White Sox would have been the second wild card, and the Yankees would not have been in the playoffs in the normal format. So that's that's more like these middle seeds is where I'm kind of wondering. Yeah. Where uh, I mean, it's also unfair to say because you know you get you get Tampa. Baltimore, New York, you know, all playing Marlins, Braves, you know, they're, they're all playing. There's so many East coast teams on here that their schedule is much harder. Well, seven, seven central teams, five East, seven central and four West. Yeah. But Houston played the West, didn't they? 
Yeah, Houston was Houston was in the West. So who are the oh all the National League teams? One. Yeah, the, the AL and NL West each got their first and second place teams. No wild cards. The NL Central got four of its five teams in, and then the uh, American League's East and Central each got three teams in. But I guess I'm not talking about division specifically. I'm talking about like how they play geographic location. Oh, sure. No, no, I know what you mean. But this is, I mean, I guess on that point, this is something that we thought may happen with the NL Central uh, and, and kind of did to the point that the Cubs are the three seed and, and talk about, you know, some, you know, whatever you do with the Cubs. But they're th- they won 34 games, whereas the Braves, who, to your point, played a pretty bad Phillies team, the Mets, who were up and down, a Nationals team that just never figured it out, the Red Sox, who were hurt, for most of the year. And then the Orioles who actually had a much better season than I think anybody would have thought. Um, and then the Marlins were a lot better than anybody would have thought too. And they only have 35 wins. So yeah, they also have to play the Yankees and the Rays and the Blue Jays and uh, you know, other teams in the playoffs. So that, but that's the, anyway, the point is that it's uh, I, I wish they didn't do one to get the top seeds. I wish they had just done division winners and then best record gets the four seed and then from there yeah then, then the other five like like it used to be in like it is in basketball yeah, no, not even then, basket, basketball doesn't even do it anymore they used to and hockey used to before the crazy division because yeah, then you get because then you get four or five right you get you get the two wild card teams which in a normal year you know those two wild card teams play playing game and then that team plays you know plays the top seed etc yeah. so you get the four or five you get the you get the 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 eighth team playing the number one seed, like record what just based on record after the division winners, you get record. Um, that's what I think it should be, but yeah. So whatever I have two thoughts. One it's is funny. I'm not a huge fan of this. I do think major league baseball said they've like considered keeping expansion even before COVID and delayed anything, any sport. They talked about this possibility of doing the seven team reality show thing when they were going to have, the, the two seed pick their opponent. Uh, so I feel like something is going to happen. Maybe it's six teams from each league, but I, what I think is actually a positive, despite me not liking this format. I've always thought with the wild card game, it being one game, we've said it every year of why do you play 162 to just play a game? I think the fact that this is a three game series might be something that major league baseball continues, or at least is very excited to see how it goes. Uh, whether or not it's going to all be played at one stadium or they flip who's, you know, they, they flip the uh, the home and away teams uh, and all that sort of stuff. But I think that's something. Now, the, the big thing that I don't necessarily agree with because I'm a, not a huge fan, I'm getting sold more and more on it, of the Universal DH. But a lot of people, and I don't know if you've seen this too, who really hate this format the most, or at least between people on my Twitter feed and my friends, are American League people, so they're, they are naturally for the Universal DH. They love the DH. But they hate this so much more because of the under 500 teams, and I don't know, whereas with hockey, with basketball, especially in recent years of basketball where teams are tanking, the Eastern Conference has been so shitty, you get under 500 teams that get into the NBA playoffs anyway. Now, I get it, baseball plays twice as many games and all that. I just find it so interesting that they have the more conservative take on the playoff format but they're much more radical on changing, you know, the the lineup structure and all that sort of stuff. And now there's all the different Ranford rules of speeding up the game. But I, I just found that interesting. That was an observation. But what do you think? Like, do you think the three games is gonna stick? Is gonna stick? It kind of like. I mean, 
I was never a fan of the one game just because it just doesn't. Yeah, it's anticlimactic. Well, it's not even that. It's like baseball is such a, I don't know, baseball is such a grind being that many games that long, right? It's it's if you have the best pitcher on that day, right? It, it's not necessarily yeah. the best team, you know? That's why... That's at least you, the one positive to the game, is that they've been wild games. Last, at least one of them has been a crazy game the last couple of years. Sorry for interrupting you. No, you're not wrong. And, like, when the Yankees played the... The, the, the Twins, two years ago. The Twins. And last and year, they, the, the Brewers and the Nationals. I mean, it was yeah, they, nuts. They each had a they each had the pitcher pitch one inning, and, and then it was, it was just a bull... It was 7-6, remember? Yeah. Wild. Was we were podcasting during that game. Yeah, and then it was just a bullpen game. And, like, that, to me, doesn't necessarily give the best chance the team to... the best team to win right and that's what frustrates me about football yeah. but also why we love football is because it's like you know does the best team win the super bowl every year no but like you know the like in reality you know cam newton and the panthers had one loss and that they didn't win the super bowl tom brady and the patriots were undefeated and didn't win the super bowl but they were the best team that year but didn't win the title so it's like realistically you'd want more games more opportunities for the best team who worked their tails off all year to actually win or have a shot at winning the, the most game opportunities at winning the title. So uh, I, I'm a fan of more games, more playoff games. But anyway, let's get into some analysis. Absolutely. And we kick it off with Tuesday at 2 p.m. This game may have already started. It may have already finished by the time you're listening to this or you're listening to it in the morning. And you might have time to play a little bet. But this is being played in Minnesota, as we mentioned. Home team, or the higher seed, hosting all three games. Uh, the f- the first matchup, Twins-Astros. It is scheduled to have Kenta Maeda up on the mound against Zach Greinke. Uh, Greg. Why don't, why don't we do it 1-8-2-7? Why, why are we starting 3-6? I was doing it in the order the games were kicking off. This is the first game of the playoffs. All right, fine. Let's do it. All right. So, <laughs> Astros-Twins, Greg. Astros, it, I've mentioned it before, the meme's gone out about how much lower the uh, batting averages were of the respective players who were involved in the trash can scandal. Uh, and not only that, the pitching staff of the Houston Astros, you mentioned it, banged up, not as good as it has been traditionally over the last couple of years. What is your thoughts coming into this? Is it just injuries and Minnesota just staying hot? Or, or what do you think is going to be the key to this? Yeah, I mean, for the last uh, how many years have we seen this in a row now that Minnesota has just come out flying out of the gates, and then once the All Star break hits, it's just them holding on, right? It's it's them holding on to to whatever position and maybe sneaking in, or or the the Central not being very good, so they they somehow win the division or come in second, right? That's sort of been their mo the last we'll call it decade or, or at least uh, the last five four, years, th- yeah, yeah, three, four, five years, yeah. Um, and Houston, I mean, no Verlander, no Asuna, no Alvarez, you know, they're just, plus they lost, you know, Garrett Cole. It's just not, there's not the same team. I think this was their quote unquote redemption season. You know, they, not redemption, but this was their, okay, we took our punishments next year. Let's reset, restart. This nightmare of a season's almost over for them. Um, you would like to think that it's the playoffs and they'll be able to perform no matter what in the playoffs. But I think Minnesota wins this uh, pretty easily as the Astros, the only team with a losing record, as you said earlier uh, in the American league to make the playoffs. So, 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, it's hard, especially in a five-game series, as we learned previewing the NHL. But uh, I don't know. With this, Houston's been not only ice cold because of all the injuries you mentioned it, but it's just nothing is working for them. And the Twins, especially with Maeda starting game one, I feel like that sets a, a big tone for how this game should go and how the series should ultimately go. Uh, I like them there. I, I almost want to just say a sweep just because I don't see how they can – figure out a, a W in one of these things, unless it, you know, somehow the bats come back and this isn't meant to be some sort of trash can joke, but yeah, I, I, I like Minnesota here. I, I'm going to say a sweep. I think that uh, maybe the, the Astros sneak out game three, but I don't know. I think between Polanco, Cruz, and some other guys that were banged up and got healthier, like a Kepler and different guys out there, um, you know, I, I just think that they're, they have too many ways to beat you. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that's the 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 ultimate thing, right? Is is this until this Houston team actually proves they can win uh, win fair, clean? I don't know what the right way of putting it is. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what it is. And then this Minnesota team is hot, and and they have the bats and the offense and, or the pitching to support it, and the bullpen, and they're going to be a strong. Uh, a strong out for anyone moving forward. You know, a lot of team, a lot of people have this twins team going pretty far. Um, so it, it's going to be, I think a nice little two games and we're done. Thank you. Pack up, go home to oh, Houston. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's only three game series. I'm thinking five game. Yeah. Right. Two pack game up, series. Go, boom, boom. Back up, go home to Houston. And uh, yeah, for me our, saying they sneak out game three, they can't cause it's two games. Look, uh-huh. look our wounds until March and hopefully, uh, hopefully people are forgotten by then. And core core will be back in the league managing the Red Sox and we'll call it a day. So we didn't even mention this. Texas is apparently allowed to have fans in their stadiums. Major League Baseball fully expecting both the ALCS, which I believe is the one in Texas, uh doesn't yes. say. Uh and then the oh no the NL is is in Texas. And then um the World Series. The American Series. League is in San Diego. That makes no yeah, sense. The American League is in San Diego and Dodger Stadium. And then the National League is at Minute Maid Park and Globe Life Field. And the World Series is in Texas. But they expect, like, crowds at the World Series, which the Rangers aren't in the playoffs. If the Astros are out, maybe they just have people that are just that sports depraved that they want to go see go see the teams. Um, I'm sure you'll get some diehard Minnesota twin or whoever fan flying down and yeah, probably. going to games. Um, anyway, let's move on. Especially the Yankees. Uh, but we move Yankees on. Yes. Well, we'll talk about them in a little bit. Next Yankee up, fans are ass. <laughs> uh, next up, three o'clock tomorrow. The Chicago White Sox heading to the Coliseum to face the Oakland A's. The A's winning the American League West. It is scheduled to have Lucas Giolito to phase off with Jesus Luzardo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, two teams very similar. Some powerful bats, some very good top pitching, uh, and then you know decent bull, you know decent bullpen, decent around there. White Sox ice cold though at the end of the season. Greg, does that carry over into this playoffs? I mean, you think it has to, right? The White Sox and the A's. I mean, or, yeah, and the A's. The A's lost five of the last eight. White yeah. Sox lost eight of the last ten. Uh, Oakland without Matt Chapman. I think the interesting thing to me is like the A's had one of the best home records in the majors and the white Sox were one of the best road teams in the majors. So it's like, 
one of the one of the two things is gonna have to bend and break right so i think ultimately i think uh the athletics pull it out with the home field is just too much and and they ultimately win but that uh, that white Sox lineup scares me like you talked about that they have a lot of weapons a lot of uh a lot of big big guns in in that offense that that really can do some damage so i don't know what do you think jordy no i agree i think this i think this goes to the third game i feel like Giolito sneaks one out for the first game, and then I think the A's win two in a row. I like the A's a lot. Uh, I like their their lineup a lot, too, but you mentioned no Chapman. Um, Matt Olson, the only one to play all 60 games. Uh, Mark Kahana got close, too. Uh, Kahana, a guy that can really get the, the power bat going, although he only hit five homers this year. Um, still an RBI machine. Olson, definitely team MVP. Four, 14 homers. Chapman had 10, second on the team. But they have other guys. Grossman, um, and some other guys that, that fill out the middle of their lineup. Marcus Simeon, solid shortstop. Definitely a guy that if you're not paying attention to, uh, you should be really solid at bat. Uh, but you mentioned that that White Sox team, I think with Giolito on the mound, their, their, their swagger, their confidence, however you want to call it, goes to a completely different level. So I feel like they sneak out game one. But then you mentioned the home field advantage is the difference maker, and they um, the, the A's stay cool under pressure and wins game two and three. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to the White Sox pitchers and, and A's hitters, right? Because it's the uh, the White Sox got here by scoring more runs than <clears throat> not necessarily pitchers winning it, but winning it with their offense. So this is going to be a very interesting uh, matchup, exciting to watch. But <clears throat> ultimately, I'm going uh, the A's. No, I love it. Um, also, interestingly enough, Tim Anderson, a guy who during the – summer camp if you want to call it that was very high on this team he basically called a shot he was the american league batting champ last year uh he and a, a number of different white Sox, all batting over 300 i know we kind of poo-pooed the idea of uh you know this year's stats meaning a ton but still you know some of them didn't didn't really eclipse higher than 35 40 games but still you know batting jose Abreu played 60 and batted 317 so you got to Tip your cap to some of these guys for uh, how good of a season they had. Just to uh, give your, give you a little more credit, Greggy P. Thanks, Jordy. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they don't call me the best in the biz for nothing. The prophet, as they we formally called you. Although uh, someone tried to steal your title last year, if you remember that. Well, that person has uh, gotten just about everything wrong. So. <laughs> he'll <laughs> uh, uh, probably listen to this in 2022. So we'll. Uh, We'll find out then what he thinks. hey if he listens. So apparently he is uh, catching up. He's starting from the very beginning, very soon, as soon as, you, as soon as he catches up on spit and chicklets. Uh, if you know who we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. We won't uh, dive any further. Next up, though. All of his takes come from one podcast. So, But it's funny that we reference him because he loves to talk about this team by their current home in the States, the Toronto Blue Jays, who play their entire season in Buffalo, are the eighth seed in the American League and are facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays in an ALE showdown at the Trop, Greg, the place that I'm sure Major League Baseball is pumped as being shown in their 5 o'clock primetime afternoon slot. Greg, do the Blue Jays have a really good shot here? 
Yes. Okay. Why? And <clears throat> because, well, Bobashed and some of their younger guys may not be going off right now. Vlad Guerrero is going off right now. This team, this offense is very much a fastball type hitting team. And this offense is very much a, uh, if one hits, they're all hitting. If that makes sense. So no, that makes a lot of sense. So, well, realistically, you know, I may not pick them, but realistically, if this team who is a great, or no, this team who, you know, young fastball, not necessarily great with they, they're going for home runs, right? So they're they're trying to they're trying to out score other teams. You know, their their pitching isn't necessarily great. Granted, this is the Rays' specialty is pitching, but uh, they this Blue Jays team knows the Rays' pitching staff. They played them all year. They have tape on them. They you know, blah blah, blah same division, et cetera, et cetera. If one's hot, they're all hot. If one's hitting, they're all hitting. I think if if they can get Bobuchet and a couple of guys going early, manufacture a couple of runs, I think they steal a game. They get some confidence on their side. They're starting to feel it. Now, where they falter is if they get over. You know, they they go the first six innings without a hit or Snell, which is a very real possibility. Um, Blake Snell, one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Uh, if they go over, and you know, or maybe one hit in the first six innings. I could very easily see them being out in two just because they're that type of team. They, like I said, they're either all hitting or they're, or they're all doing nothing. So um, it's, it's hitting is infectious with this team and, and that's how I think they could do it. Um, realistically, I'm, I'm not picking them, but I think they have a chance and uh, it's going to come down to the rookie pitching Can the rookie pitching, and some of their rookies in the pen as well as starters continue to stay hot like they have all year. No, I think that's What the, do you think, Jordy? I think that's exactly the correct take is is I mean, sorry to cut you off. This season series was six to four Tampa. So it's like it's going I mean, the runs were forty eight to forty four. It's it's going to be a crazy series. No, 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 and I totally agree with you. And I, I was gonna say I think the bullpen is gonna become the big question. Uh how do they how do the Blue Jays, how do they step up to this? Uh, they have a number of different guys that can, you know, come out to play, but they also weren't very good at holding on to leads. They did have some some late inning shenanigans on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, they they are coming into the to the playoffs red hot, which I think is great. They scored ten runs in two of their final five games, um, and yeah, I, I just I think that's the big key is how does their bullpen stack up. Against a very solid Tampa bullpen, which you mentioned at Blake Snell on the bump tomorrow. Uh, but then if they're not really getting a ton done, is that going to be enough? And I know that they are on a tear, but I just think coming out of that hole, maybe they win game two, maybe they force a third game. But I just think the way that that team can construct itself, and we get, you and I go back and forth on this of, you know, tinkering around a ton and crazy ways that. Tampa and other teams have done the opener have done the different outfield lineups and stuff. I feel like when push comes to shove, 
they'll figure like that that level of creativity starts to shine and I think you're right that if this offense takes off that it could be a two game sweep for Toronto but I don't know I think Blake Snell if he comes out and throws his good stuff which is saying something cuz he's had him, his he's had himself kind of an up and down year 4 and 2 record uh not not the Blake Snell years that we're used to so that all being said I I like Tampa not necessarily in a sweep I like it in 3 but watch out if it goes to a third game we mentioned it with these wild these not to be punny these crazy wild card games that we've seen that game Toronto versus Tampa has crazy AL wild card game shenanigans that we've seen at least once in both of the wild card games of the last couple of years that has crazy wild card game written all over it a potential game 3 I'm saying yeah no I definitely I definitely love that take and and, and that's what I was trying to say too is just like this series is if the if the if the Blue Jays if the young guys realize and the Blue Jays don't get nervous and don't get overwhelmed by the quote unquote playoff moment right and 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 just treat it as another game and and treat it for what it is, Biggio and Bichette and Vlad and all these young and then these young pitchers, this this could be. Uh, two game sweep for the Blue Jays if, if they can get off, but I think the the hit the bats. I mean, uh, but I think that the the Rays pitching is really the fact that they have experience, the fact that they have the offense now to support it. I think the Rays are just too much, too much to handle. But again, this is another one of those teams that always starts out the year great, always has their little their little run and and normally gets caught by the Yankees by now or, or gets caught by the Yankees in, in, in month three and four or loses in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, Tampa has certainly something to prove as well because they are no. Yeah. They're no lock. slouch. Yeah. They're, but they're also no lock to get the world series because they haven't done it in a while. You know, they, they, this is their MO every year. They, they have a great regular season and well, then they've, they've literally only made it. I think they've only made it to the ALCS the year they went to the world series. I don't think they made, made it any other year. That's my point. Is that yeah. they they have they have great regular seasons for the last ten years it seems like, and yet they've only been in the World Series once, so it's like or twice, so it's you know it's no one they've only made it once they, when they lost to the Phillies they haven't made it again. I don't think they've made. I it thought back the, to the Philly, I thought I thought the Phillies and Rays played back to back years. Now, Greg, in two thousand nine, the Phillies lost <laughs> to. I guess it's a good transition to the New York Yankees, who are the five seed, as we mentioned. Who did you root for in that series? What are you talking? Against the Yankees? I mean, I know that certain people in your household uh, are Yankee fans. Uh, Was a a Yankee fan. R.I.P. Dad. Uh, He was... Seems like a fair question to ask. No, I was a Phillies fan. I went to Yankee Stadium in Phillies gear. I got booed. As my dad taught me as a child to learn how to be the visitor, I took took it like an adult. And I was 18. Or I was 19. It was my freshman year at Lehigh. I went there, was rooting for the Phillies, Pedro on the mound, which, looking back on it, any decision to start Pedro Martinez at Yankee Stadium post the Hoosier Daddy game, had to throw it back at you. Dumb idea in the playoffs. But Hideki Matsui, almost said Hideki Matsuyama, Hideki Matsui goes off in both that and in Game 6 when the Yankees ultimately won the World Series. But I was rooting for the Phillies. Is that a serious question? Remember, I, mean, I liked the Red Sox to piss off my dad when the parent, when my parents got divorced. 
I mean, that's how we became friends. I was wearing a Kurt Schilling shirt, a shirt that's <laughs> aged very well. And you were like, oh, you like the Red Sox? I'm like, they're my AL team. You're like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, where are you from? I'm like, from outside Philly. So you're a Phillies fan. I'm like, yeah, but I, I, I like the Red Sox. You're like, shut up. I stopped liking the Red Sox. Stop it. That's not what happened. Some of what happened. You did You did come up to me when I was wearing a Red Sox shirt. You're like, oh, what's, what's your deal? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. We were 16. We were crazy people. Anyway, um, no, reality is uh, – sorry, let's get into the Yankees and Indians. Go ahead. Yeah, so the Indians, Yankees, 5-4 uh, seed, uh, Yankees 5, and the Indians 4. Uh, we're getting Garrett Cole versus Shane Bieber, primetime matchup tomorrow night. Uh, is it simulcast on ESPN and TBS? Am I seeing this right? Um, which seems crazy. Are they doing like a one's Yankees and one's Rays – or one's Indians? What's this deal? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I hate, I hate the Yankees. I hate ESPN. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so tuned out on this. Yeah. So anyway, it says ESPN, <laughs> comma TBS. Uh, but yeah, Cole versus Bieber. Bieber, incredible year this year. Um, Garrett Cole, up and down. Um, I've heard various different takes from him by some aforementioned Yankee fans who are. Uh, not happy with the playoff format, but they wouldn't have gotten in. Um, had to say that, but the I don't know this series. I want to say the Indians can lock this thing up because of how banged up the Yankees have been throughout the year, especially on the pitching side of things. But who knows? Um, you know, I, the Yankees if they they get it going, they on paper their offense is much better than than Cleveland's. Cleveland just has a much better pitching rotation. So it's I mean. It's really going to be who's weaker, the team with the weaker side, you know, the Yankees pitching staff versus the Indians lineup, who shows up more. Because the, the Indians get on base, you know, the old money ball. You know, what does he do? Gets on base. But the Yankees, you know, Greg, they, they do your favorite thing and hit home runs. But, you know, uh, it's going to be crazy. Sorry, I had a little brain fart there. Yeah, I mean – I mean, I don't know. It comes down to what Sandy Alomar, who's who's the acting manager, Francona, you know, hopefully gets better. Yes. How he handles maneuvering the Yankees' power hitting lineup that hasn't been healthy all year until in, from the beginning of the year until now, right? The Yankees, when healthy, had the best lineup uh, offensively, and and they were hurt for most of the season, and now they're healthy again. So it's like this Yankees team, well. Sure, maybe the the they weren't necessarily the record wise the greatest. However, they still have a big name pitcher. They still have a top bullpen. They still have probably the best offense uh, and power hitters. I mean, you go through that lineup, and how do you how do you get to the first three guys without giving up a hit? Or you know, for even the first four guys, without giving up one hit. You know, it's just. This team is just built to just mash the ball. Oh, yeah. And similar to what we were talking about, but the Yankees like to win games 6-5, you know, and, and the, the Indians like to win games one nothing. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> reality is there's zero chance you're, you're limiting the Yankees to zero or one run. So, I, I mean, to me it just seems like Cleveland – I don't know. While they did have the second lowest ERA in their majors in the regular season, I just think the Yankees' offense is 
ultimately too much. I mean, I'm picking offense over over pitching to win. I mean, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, game one is going to be great. Probably the best game of the first round, but uh, pitching matchup-wise. But I think uh, ultimately I really hope the Indians win just because San Leone and Terry Francona, but I think the Yankees finally healthy. Uh, it's going to be tough. So I'm back and forth on this. And the reason why is I tend to go the opposite way. I love a good starting pitching staff. We're going to talk about some really good ones in the National League. If I say Carlos Carrasco for game two, you know, is that enough to carry this team? Because if you go to Savale or if you decide to go Plezak in game th- in game three, that's a weird... You know, it's a it's a weird decision to try to do if you're the Indians because as you mentioned the Yankees can mash the ball and I really am having a tough time of picking this because the the Indians pitching while very good lets up a lot of home runs their starters do Bieber seven Carrasco eight and, and Savali eleven. So if this game goes to a, th- a third, it's going to be the Yankees. So it comes down to, Greg, is the Bieber-Carrasco one-two punch that enough to could close the deal? Now we go back, team gets on base, that's all good and dandy. Can they figure it out? Can they get the ball, you know, get the players around the bases? And the answer to that question against this team, especially with a good bullpen, I think is no. This team... You have a bunch of guys that have double-digit ribbies. You know, a couple guys that got to 30 RBI. Some players that have 20 RBI. But the question becomes, will they string this together? And they won 35 games doing this. But again, I think against a team like the Yankees, who are going to be relentless throughout this. Savages in the box, as your, your friend Aaron Boone said. I don't know. I'm going to take the Yankees here, and I think they get it done. They they think I'd have done in three, but I would not be shocked to see them sweep this. If you ever refer to Aaron Boone as my friend again, I will never join <laughs> the bullpen cart <laughs> podcast, and that is a guarantee, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. What about Mike Trout? Is Mike Trout your friend? <laughs> you know, Jordy, I think Mike Trout is a great baseball player. So I think he is the best of all time, as people say. No, do I think he's the best in the league right now? No, and that's a fact. So I think he's overhyped. Yes, do I think he's a good player? One thousand percent. That wasn't my question, but okay, glad to have it on the record. Were you happy that I used Mookie as the GIF for the uh, question collector? I honestly thought it was a little bit of a troll job. I loved it, but I honestly I did thought it, it was for a little... you. I would have used Mike Trout if I was going to troll you. <laughs> I know you did it for me. That's why I thought it was a troll job because you were. You wanted to get me riled up. I kind of loved it. And for those who don't know, you have to follow the bullpen cart on uh, social media and it actually, find it. It was on my personal one because that one gets more. People answer that one more, uh, including I got two questions about the Cincinnati Reds. So when we get to them, Greg, we got some uh, some questions to answer. But right, we, we got to power through the National League. Let's go. Yeah, we're going, yeah, we're going to the National League. Don't worry. So we move to Wednesday. Greg, Wednesday features all eight series in action. And we start with the aforementioned Cincinnati Reds at noon. Noon playoff baseball, Greg. The Reds going to Atlanta to face 
the Braves. And Greg, this might be the best series of the eight. Am I crazy to say that? Is it hyperbole or how right am I? I mean, only because the way the Braves ended the season, I feel like, I mean, the Cubs-Marlins series is going to be a good one too, though. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased in that. I really don't want the Marlins to do well. I hear you. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's stick to this. I mean, the Reds have the pitching, right? They have – they started hot. They have the best rotation in, in the in the playoffs, you could argue, with Bauer, Castillo, and Sonny Gray for three. Uh, Atlanta has had starting pitching injuries throughout the entire year. They just got swept by the Red Sox to end the season. I mean, can you imagine getting swept by literally the last place team in Major League Baseball? Uh, I can because I saw it firsthand. And uh, uh, the, the yet... Pittsburgh Pirates would like a word with you, <laughs> but yet Atlanta, despite all their starting pitching injuries, still had the second most runs scored in the entire major league. So their offense is on electric, believable. And it goes back to I like offense versus pitching. You like pitching versus offense. Um, <sighs> oh, wait. The Braves didn't get swept by the Red Sox. They lost the last two games. They won on Friday. Yeah, we don't count that. The Red Sox only played two game series. Okay. Yeah, they play them. They play them in one day against the Phillies. And here's why, Jordy. Because the Red Sox were up seven to one. And you and blew lost it. The, and lost, well, I'm not on the team, so I I did not blow it. But the Red Sox were up seven to one and lost. Have we figured out why the Falcons blow leads? Is it because the Braves seven. are coming back? They gave all the power to the Braves. I'm so surprised they still have a head coach in Atlanta. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jordy, what what has you so down on the Braves? Just their starting pitching? No, I'm not down on the Braves. I for one, I'm high on the the Reds pitching. I think this is gonna be a great series. I do think that Atlanta's pitching injuries are no, are no woe to. Uh, is it because your over. boy? Is it because your boy Cole Hamels is out for the year? Uh, I don't like to talk about Cole Hamels' decision to go to Atlanta instead of coming home. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, Cole Hamels is hurt. Mike Soroka is hurt. He was having an incredible year. Um, but, I mean, you know, you could say the same thing about Cincinnati. They have guys like Jesse Biddle was hurt, Matt Bauman, Tyler Thornburg, Jose De Leon. So, they, I mean, their bullpen's a little banged up. Uh, you mentioned it, though. Atlanta's offense is incredible. What makes this series worrisome is the Reds offense, which is so home run reliant. It's scary because it's something where like the Braves who are a team that can let up a lot of home runs guys on their team that have, you know, that have had great stuff, including this year also let up a lot of home runs. So that's something where if there's a, you know, there's a, a lot of long balls being let up. This could be, this could be scary but on the flip side of that, if they're on, it might be a, qu- a quick wipe your hands clean of this. Bye bye Cincinnati. You know everybody's darling to win the to win the NL Central and potentially the National League. Now both teams very good at not letting up home runs over the course of the season. I'm talking about specifically various guys in the Braves who, shall we say, uh, have had their ups and downs. But we have Freed going. On Wednesday night, uh, I would think 
uh, I don't know actually who would go the next game, but guys who don't keep the ball down, we'll put that out there, who are hanging around there and they're starting to line up. Now guys like a, a Mike Fulton-Nevitz, if you will, he got hurt, so that's good. That guy, you know, get him out of there. He had a good start a couple years ago and has been basically a jugs machine throwing a ball down the plate ever since way or ever since then. Um, now that'll be said. What's that? You're not biased. No, I mean he did well against the Phillies, and the Phillies blew him up in 2018 when gave the baby. No, I mean no, let, let, let's call it what it is. I so, think I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, wrap I was going to say to wrap it up. I think Atlanta's offense is going to is it's it's going to take advantage of the bullpen of Cincinnati's. And to answer my cut co- my cousin's question, he wants to know my cousin Tommy if. When actually, both Cincinnati Reds questions, both asked by Tommy's. Um, he asked if they have the best rotation in baseball. I would say no. I don't have a better answer. Uh, it's tough to say absolutely at that, but their 1-2-3 punch is not to be trifled with. Uh, but to answer Tommy Sullivan, buddy of both of ours, this question, can their starting pitching carry them? I think no, because their offense, even if they get through Atlanta, is not going to be able to get through other teams that are even fractionally less than Atlanta, which is saying something. I think Atlanta gets through this probably a sweep, maybe a third game because of a, some crazy shootout game. Yeah, I mean, here's here's my bold prediction uh, for that question. You know, the starting pitching. Granted, they haven't had the the mileage. Their arms haven't had the mileages all year um, because of shortened season. But at some point, you, especially this day and age, managers turn the ball over to the bullpen and just play matchup game. And the Reds bullpen, uh, well, good. I think they're going to blow a lead. Maybe game one. Uh, maybe maybe not in this series, but maybe in the next series, they're going to blow a lead in an early game in a series. And then they're just going to dig themselves a hole that they're not going to be able to get out of in terms of losing an important game, whether it's game, whether it's going down two to two, one in a five game series, or whether it's going down one Oh, in a three game series, their, their bullpen is going to sort of negate the fact that their starting pitching did so well. Correct. I uh, know what that feels like. If we're going to talk about biased takes, uh, but yeah, I think we're both in agreement of, of all this. Um, so we'll move on. We got, as you mentioned, the Cubs and the Marlins series. This thing kicks off Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. from Wrigley Field. Uh, another one, Greg, that says on ABC, comma, TBS. I don't know who's actually broadcasting the game. Um, you are very high on this series, so I'll let you kick this off. You uh, think this is going to be the, the series of the century, or at least of the round? No, you had said the Braves-Reds, and I had simply pointed out that the Marlins-Cubs was, was also going to be a uh... – a good series. I disagree, but please expand. You disagree, huh? I just think, um, so my big thing, you mentioned it when we were talking about the East of the Marlins, and this is me being a little more biased, but the Phillies have not played the Marlins very well over the last couple of years. So this is just a, <laughs> this is a couple of years of, of being oppressed by a team that is has been declared tankers and all this different stuff, despite very good prospect moves that a one former Yankee has done that who might be your best friend? Ah, oh. mm. wanted to, uh, no trigger. I uh, wanted to see it, but 
The Cubs pitching this year, despite so much criticism that they've gotten throughout the years of guys who have not performed, whether it's Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, um, you know, they they stepped up big this year and they had one of the at least more consistent staffs, I would say, uh, in terms of not allowing a ton of runs or 10th in the league in ERA. Um, and they're, the whip, which I think is a sign more of consistency across the staff, if you're looking at, at, at that, and it probably you also want to look at opponents' batting average, but Yahoo does not have that on team comparison, uh, is there is fifth in, in Major League Baseball versus Miami, who ranks in the bottom 10 in all three major pitching categories. They are 16th in the NL, or in Major League Baseball, in batting average. The Cubs not much better, being 27th. Now in runs, these two teams very similar. 265 score for the Cubs, 263 for the Marlins. Homers, Cubs have the edge there. So it's going to be this pillow fight of teams who don't score a ton of runs and a Cubs team that has elite pitching comparatively to Miami Marlins squad. I think this is something where the Cubs get this thing figured out and probably do it in a sweep. I don't know if in a deciding fashion there's probably going to be some late-inning shenanigans which the Marlins have some, you know, they have some decent bullpen guys and they have Sixto Sanchez, who they got from the Phillies in the JT Romito deal, uh, who could make a difference. He could win them a game, but I don't know. I don't, I don't like that. They could pretend, I don't like seeing or thinking that they could potentially get by Darvish Hendricks and even a Lester who you could throw in for, you know, some, some, you know, get some old school magic out of there. I just think there's so much that's that there's so many wild cards thrown around this because of all the different players that have suited up for the Marlins and all this crazy stuff. That's not a wagon I want to hitch myself to. And I just think I think the Cubs are better. So so this is why I think this series this three game series is going to be good is is you mentioned the pitching for the Marlins, but the the reason why they're in the bottom of every category is cuz they had 70 guys play this year because of all the double headers they had, the COVID scare, blah, blah, blah. They, they have had so many players play for That's that what reason. I mean. They're just a complete wild card. I understand. But here's the thing is that their bullpen is used to logging minutes. These, these guys have gotten fair. These guys have gotten the chance to face major league hitting throughout the entire year. Now, this also is a team that has stolen the second most bases in all of baseball behind the Padres. So they, if, if they do get on, they're going to put a lot of pressure on a U Darvish, a John Lester who can't throw over to first base, you know, on, on a Cubs defense who did not do great all year. And Fair. it goes back. Yeah. And it goes back to, it has not looked, the Cubs defense not looked good in the last couple of years, but it goes back to what we're talking about uh, in, in that blue Jays race series, these young stud pitchers that they have, these young talented guys who, have been able who haven't been on who have not been on innings restrictions all year because of COVID. You know, there's no innings restrictions. They're they're able to pitch as long as they need to now in the playoffs. Blah blah blah. They don't know how big the moment is. You know, you see, you think of the Cubs, you think of all the Baez, Brian, Schwarber. You know, Rizzo, all these guys. The 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 top five spots in the order for the Cubs: two eleven, two seventeen, two hundred four, one ninety, two eleven batting average. They have done terribly all year. Uh, as as an offense and i don't want to say their their window has passed but sure darvis and hendricks are great they throw strikes you know, Hen, you know and strike players out which i think is huge 
to your point of how many different guys have gone in and out of this lineup, which normally I'm glad that you're coming on that side that tinkering can work because normally you're very against this of different guys and not getting a rhythm. But I think that's a big thing for the Cubs that they get a lot of strikeouts and there's a lot of guys on the flip side of it. Cause you're right. The bullpen is, is logged a lot of innings. I'm pulling this up now. How many guys have logged? They have three got four guys that have logged over 20 games of work in a 60 game season, which is, absurd to think about. I know we get guys who make 40, 50 appearances in 162 games, but that's like 20, a third of the season is what? Uh, 60 games, more than that, 70 games? No, even long, 80 games. Um, no, I'm doing the math wrong. Sorry. Uh, math major here. But still, to my point on the, on the Cubs pitchers that can strike guys out, I just think that with that lack of experience and not seeing the, the level of arms that you're seeing, you know, Aside from, like, DeGrom, maybe if they saw Garrett Cole and the Yankees played him. Um, Nola, if he was on, and Aaron Nola didn't have a great year. Like, it, it's just, I don't know. I think that, that might make a huge difference. I think you're right on the on the fact of stolen bases and putting pressure on it. That's literally how they, the Royals won a World Series. So it's very doable. I just don't yeah, know and, and, with yeah, how young the, they are if they can do it. Yeah, but that's the thing. is The Cubs have been stuck ever since they won. They've been stuck in, oh, we're big names. We won the World Series. We're Baez. We're Bryant. We're Schwarber. We're Rizzo. We, we, we know what to do. We ha- we now have our best friend, David Ross, as our manager. Like, you know, we're hanging our hat on, on what we did five, six years ago. We have Craig Krimble, who was good five years ago. You know, they just are a team that five years ago, if you, if you had told me the names on this team, I would have said World Series, no problem. Boom, that's done. a fair point on Kimbrel because they – they do need him to step up. If they're going to have yeah. any sort of damage done within these playoffs, and, he needs to be a big yeah. factor. And Darvish and Hendricks both, you know, they're not going to go nine. And no. if we learn if we learn anything from Darvish's uh, World Series start or playoff start in the last couple of years, not great in the playoffs. So I think this Marlins team is, is just young enough, just dumb enough. And if you're the Cubs hitters who are already terrible all year, like I said, 211, 217, 204, 190, 211. Yeah terrible all year who do you prepare for right because every inning is going to be a different pitcher sure potentially right yeah. it, potentially. and to be so fair to like, the cubs with their bullpen they have some young guys too or they have some other experience too like jeremy jeffries roman wick who've gone in to get saves and holds so it's not completely kimbrel or bust you're not wrong but my point is that the marlins pitching has been good and can take advantage of the cubs terrible you you said at the beginning it's going to be uh two teams that struggle to score it's going to be a, 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 a pillow fight is what i said two two to one two to one game and jordy how do you manufacture runs stealing bases forcing errors by the defense you know hitting runs and that's what the marlins have been doing literally this whole season and they're are they're a great road team 20 and 14 on the road i mean that's a really good road record for for how because I had to play that many road games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the Miami, Miami was shut down. But... Miami was a hotbed. <laughs> but that's uh, the point is that this team is, is... And again, so was Atlanta, and the Braves are hosting a playoff series. Yeah, but that's the point is that this team, I feel like, is a nightmare matchup for the Cubs. If the Cubs were playing anyone else, sure. But this team is just a nightmare matchup for them. So, tough draw. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting, but excited nonetheless. Uh, let's move over, though. The Cardinals and the Padres, Greg. We mentioned the Cardinals at the top of the show. They only played 58 games, so they got above 500 by default instead of 
could have potentially been 500. Uh, but they weren't, couldn't be under 500, I guess. Um, what jumps out to you about this Cardinals team? Cause I have some thoughts, some good, some bad. Um, but I'm more excited for this Padres team that everything came together for them. They figured it out. They seem like an absolute juggernaut. So talk me through this. Talk me how I should feel about this. Cause I want to push all the chips into the table for the Padres, but I feel like it's a Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Am I wrong to think that? We talked about the beginning of the year, right? We said that last year they started out real hot and and they were a team that was going to come out and start real hot and we were like they could potentially win the West and they could potentially maybe not to win the West because the Dodgers, but they could very easily find themselves in the playoffs because of how hot they start. Um, and they're young, they're energetic, blah, blah, blah. They have all the headlines. Well, they start to believe the headlines. I think here's the reality, right, is they had some key injuries with uh, Lamette and Clevenger potentially not playing this series. Have they said if they're if they're healthy? Because I, I know they were dealing some injuries at the end of the season. So they're now potentially missing their top two starter starting pitchers for the first series uh against the cardinals team who yes the cardinals had to play a ton of games down the stretch because of covid but you know you're still a five a five c is still a five yeah. c right lamed is know. hopeful he can pitch quote unquote um, yeah that i mean yeah that scares yeah. me as good as the as good as the Padres offense is because their lineup is as good what, as what did i call him Dinelson is what i called him remember that when he was a rookie <laughs> that's his first name it's Denelson, isn't it I mean, but my point is that, yeah. well, anyway. I was trying to bring yeah. up a making fun of Jordy moment, but the moment is passed. Never. We would never do that. No. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's, it's will, I mean, it comes down to this, right? It, it comes down to the Padres get guys on base and then they knock them in, right? They're one of the best teams with, with runners on base and can the Cardinals keep guys off base? Again, the Padres having the most stolen bases, which we mentioned in the last series, but Padres have the most stolen bases in, in the league. Can they? Can the Cardinals keep guys off base? And then if they do, can they get out of those situations? That's the key, right? It's 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 Adam Wainwright. It's it's their starting pitching that that is going to ultimately yes help them here. And is this another one of those things? No one's picking us to win. You know, this is a young team. You know, uh, Machado's going to do some some A Rod bullshit and and spike someone like a little clown that he is. You know, is this is this a perfect fuel for the Cardinals to come out of nowhere and rip the? Every baseball fan wants the Padres to win. Every baseball fan wants the Padres to advance. But this is classic Cardinals baseball. This is when the Cardinals shine. No one wants the Cardinals to be there. But yet the Cardinals always seem to find a way to ruin it for every single baseball fan, except for those in St. Louis. Yeah, you tell me if tell I'm me, wrong. You don't have to tell me about that twice, Greg. Uh, 2011 is still a very deep wound from that NLDS. Now, a couple things on the Padres. You mentioned their stolen bases. They also love to work counts. Uh, at one point, they, they're the opposing pitcher against the Padres, averaged like. F- five and a third innings and they'd gotten so many out before even the sixth inning started uh, that they were just then dominating bullpens. They had a ton of different walks, so many different players that had incredible on base percentages. And I think that's something that you mentioned it, that if they're getting on base, they're stealing bases, putting pressure on St. Louis, who 
is still a very good defensive team. There's a reason why that a team that was 22nd in batting average, 28th in runs scored, and 30th last place in home runs. Let me say that again. Last place teams that we thought were going to be putrid this year. Teams that we've made fun of. The Pirates. The, the Phillies hit home runs. I was about to make fun of the Phillies. But there are teams that have more home runs than this, than this squad. And they're in the playoffs. They have an opportunity to pull the grand upset. Now, I think with the Padres, the big thing that comes to mind, you mentioned it, are injuries. And that could be the difference maker here. Um, now, that being said, they have guys who they could stick out onto the mound in, in lieu of Denelson Lamette or a Mike Clevenger. They could throw out Zach Davies. They could throw out Chris Paddock. Davies, incredible season. Uh, you know, only a few points higher on his ERA, 2.73 in 12 starts, which is, uh, you know, it could be something to be excited about. He did throw under short rest uh, on Saturday afternoon against the Giants, where, weirdly enough, Greg, in a doubleheader, one game was a home game, the other was away. It was played in San Francisco, and they got a uh, pseudo home game in, in San Diego. But uh, Davies was a part of that throughout that doubleheader. They could potentially throw out Chris Paddock if Clevenger isn't ready to go, or Garrett Richards, uh, both of those guys I'd, I'd watch out for. But it might be the right time to do it because St. Louis – not the you know not the greatest offense out there. They don't hit a ton of home runs. Paddock, I mentioned the jugs machine throwing balls right down Broadway. Paddock let up 14 homers in 12 starts. So if there's a time to just roll the dice on this guy coming in for a in a three game series, it might be game two of this to let Clevenger get rested up if he can if he can try to go. I'm going to check now if he is scheduled to even try to get back. Or if you go Davies game one, you want to give Denelson Lamette a you know a little extra time to heal his bicep and all that stuff and, and roll the dice on it. it. It might be the time with it. Now looking at this Clevenger is not ruled out for the wild card round. Um, but the Padres are target targeting, according to John Heyman. So take that for what you will, uh, a NLCS return. So he, while not ruled out, it seems very unlikely he comes back. Right. So that's the point is that, you know, without their, without their, Top two guys starting pitching, uh, you know, their bullpen has been good, solid, but you know, nothing, not, not, not top of the league. Good. You know, not, yeah. not, not Brewers good, but it really comes down to their offense. It comes down to, you know, getting guys on base and, and manufacturing runs like they have been all year uh, playing fun, inspired baseball, but all it takes is one or two strong outings from a car takes two it literally takes two strong outings from the Cardinals, which is very possible in a shortened series for them to to win the series, right? It, Absolutely. I mean, how many times how many times the Padres lost two out of three in a series, right? That that's that throughout the year, right? That that's out. a reality that yeah, and that's the reality of a thing, right? It is in a five game series and a seven game series, the the Padres would probably win four or two, but reality is it's the first three games that matter in this type of format. So that's how the Padres don't win. Well, I think the big thing too, that they could almost go nationals on this is that they do have guys that are coming out of their bullpen. And sorry for interrupting the end of your thought, but they have guys they could stick out there. Like Drew Pomerantz has been an incredible setup man for him. Used to be a starter, started for the Red Sox, who I believe they originally got him from the Padres, but, uh, but they, you know, they have him, they could stick, you know, 
they ha- and they have a number of other guys that come out of their bullpen too. Now, granted, they're not innings eaters, so they have to watch out there. You could you'd have to go more of that Royals style uh, and hope that they continue to acquire holds. Pomerantz has nine of them, uh, but you have Emiliano Pagan who had seven, Tim Hill with five, Craig Stamen with five. Uh, so you know it, it's it's just a matter of of how they figure that out. Now, I like them in the series. I I think you're right that St. Louis figures out how to win a game here. They want to try to pull the big upset before going through this whole series. Uh, you know, an extra couple days off for them too will will certainly help. You know, a little more veteran of a team. Um, but I just you know to go back to that Padres lineup and how all these different guys have figured it out and how good they've been. And even some guys that have cooled off like a Cronenworth, um, but the, you know, Yerks and Profar, a guy who I love to talk about is he's like their seventh and eighth hitter, depending on how they set their lineup and guy batted 285 with uh, only seven homers with 25 ribbies from in the bottom of the lineup. So this is a team that, that they kind of figure out how to make runs happen from anywhere in the lineup. So they're pretty dangerous. So I like them to win here. I'm going to say in three games, but uh, I like the Padres to maybe, you know, make a uh, a decent dent in the playoffs, and we'll go into who they'd be facing in the next in the next uh, round in a second. But I like the Padres here. Yes, yeah, same. I also like the Padres here. I think uh, ultimately the Padres pull it out, but I do think there's a road where the Cardinals, like I said, play the spoiler, which not, no one in the major, no one in no MLB fan wants besides Cardinal fans. Yeah, so we move to who you call the uh, the greatest the greatest rotation in baseball, the Milwaukee Brewers. Nah, bullpen. Greatest bull. Okay. The best bullpen <laughs> this year. Okay, I heard you say the Brewers. I'm like, what are you? Huh? Against a team who has been what we thought they were going to be, Greg, not the Bears. The L.A. Dodgers, who statistically have done it all. They won 43 games, 43-17. and 17. They are first place in four of the six major categories that Yahoo throws out there, second in home runs allowed. The Brewers, actually third in home runs allowed. They're pitching no slouch, which has always been a problem for them the last couple of years. Bruins offense not uh, – Brewers offense not there. Sorry, Freudian slip. Uh, but the Dodgers, very good this year. 349 runs scored in 60 games, uh, which is incredible to think about. 118 runs scored. That's almost two homers a game. The batting average, 11th in the league, but the Brewers, 26th. Uh, Greg, could this potentially be a quick work series, or could the Brewers make it interesting? Jordy, I'm going to tell you how the Brewers make it interesting. Okay. Granted, I think Mookie Betts is playoff MVP, regular season MVP. I think he's going to, just like he did all year, be the best player in Major League Baseball, just like he's done for the last five years, the best player in Major League Baseball. Uh, I think that trend continues. Mookie Betts, the best player, period. Okay. Um, In all of baseball forever and will be forever. And uh, you can quote me on that. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Here's the key. Like I said, the only way the Brewers win this is that bullpen. Hader, Williams, Woodruff, Burns. You know, you're, you're talking about Ryan Braun, who has 
we saw it last year. We saw it two years ago. He goes to that, or sorry, not Ryan Braun. Uh, who's their manager? Oh, Craig Council. Council, thank you. Yes, yeah. he is so quick to go to the bullpen because of how good it is that any sign of trouble from the starters, any sign that the Dodgers are actually going to score a run, pulls them immediately. Gets to the bullpen, who is lights out year in year or the last two years this year and last year um and it comes down to Kristen Yelich he's been terrible all year finally got paid and has been terrible once he got the money just like we've seen every other player who gets paid that's the mo right um so it comes down to what can this offense do yeah so what quick amendment Craig uh Brandon Woodruff is a starting pitcher, not a reliever, but had a very good year nonetheless. Uh, now, I agree, totally agree with you with the offense. Uh, everybody across the board, uh, I really you know got to eat some crow. I thought this offense was going to be incredible. Um, granted, I made this take when there was still a 162-game schedule on the board, but it could be a lot worse uh, if we had had a full season rather than just the 60 games. Um, but I, I thought this team was was going to be lights out and they finished under 500 but and but that being said i agree with you that yelich who obviously got hurt at the end of last year uh when he was on an incredible pace and then gets paid uh you know he hit 12 homers but only had 22 ribbies he walked 46 times but he struck out 76 times he only had a 205 batting average uh and a 430 slugging um not so good there you know other guys on the team jed jerko Better OPS, better slugging, better on base, um, but not you know it, it wasn't just on him too. They had a bunch of different guys that they acquired that they thought were going to be these huge impact players. And Jorko had nine homers. Justin Smoke had eight homers. Uh, Keston Hira Hira had thirteen homers. And these guys, you know, it just I don't know if it was just that they weren't getting guys on base. Uh, that's a, obviously a huge part of it, or they were striking out so much, but that's such a trend in baseball. Uh, that is, that's something to be really concerned about. If you're a Brewers fan or you hate the Dodgers, you don't want to see them be vindicated in the post Astros season. If you're somebody who just hates fun. Um, but I don't know. I think sadly, because this is a series two years ago that went the distance, if not for, Manny Machado's, uh, as you said, A-Rod move to uh, spike. Who was it, their first baseman? It doesn't matter. He spiked the first baseman um, at the end of that game, really left a, a, sa- a sour mark on it when that Brewers team was on such an incredible run. It looked like they might have been able to, to get there, face off with the uh, with the Red Sox in that 2018 World Series. But now, you know, the, it's been a weird couple years since then. Last year, they have this miraculous run to still make the playoffs. It looks like they might pull it out in the you know, wild card. And then disaster hits. The guy taking over for Yelich makes the error. Uh, this year, the entire team looks like they're lost in the sun or, or whatever. Or, the, or that guy that broke into the stadium, you know, stole all their bats. I don't know. I don't know what the right right take is there. But um, I don't know. I, th- I think that the Dodgers win this in two games. I think it might be a bloodbath. Um, I think you're right that the bullpen may be called in pretty quickly to – to try to hold things up, but I don't know, man. It, it, out in Dodger Stadium in Chavez Ravine, it I think you can only eat up so many innings for so long that if they don't win game one, game two is going to be – you're going to try to call in much of the same because they don't really have great starting pitching outside of Woodruff, and they're going to have to use a lot of that 
bullpen, and I feel like you're going to use the A squad or most of the A squad on on uh, Wednesday night, and then Thursday is going to come around, and you know, you're going to be in some serious danger. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to again, you know, it's it's the shortened series is the great equalizer, right? It, it's all you have to do is is stop one of the best the the best offense or the second best whatever one of the best offenses in Major League Baseball. All you have to do is prevent them from scoring more than two runs and hope that your offense can produce three on two nights, right? And and not that that's an impossible task, but in a shortened three-game series, it's a reality, right? It could happen. Woodruff actually much better on the road than he was at home. He made seven starts, two and three, which doesn't sound better than one and two. But a 2.79 ERA versus 3.34 at Miller Park. A little yeah, higher whip, no. but lower opponent's batting average. So Yeah, I know, and, and the big issue is the Dodgers' bullpen, right? It, it's They have all the starters, blah, 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 but, you know, what – in between the starters and the closer, you know, getting to that point, that's going to be the key for them. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm just looking at his further splits, you know, classic baseball nerd. Um, the – Pirates have the uh, – it's the middle of the road. I was going to say the Pirates were actually one of the higher ERAs that Woodruff had against him, but they're uh, right in the middle. So not a uh, an interesting fact. But, yeah, I tried. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Jordy. Mookie Betts, not even mentioned on some of these uh, when the Dodgers are, are talked about. Not even mentioned – and some of these predictions by these so-called experts is wild. So what are they saying? They're saying that uh, like Corey Seager or Justin Turner is going to make the big difference. Isn't Turner – is he still hurt? It's all about it's all about, uh, it's all about the pitching for the Dodgers. Oh, no, he is healthy. Why did I think he was still hurt? Cody uh, Bellinger. Will Smith, the catcher, not the reliever. Although that joke's not as funny anymore since Will Smith's not in, not in the NL West. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, the, the, you know, the yeah, the Dodgers are going to win. We'll stroke off their offense more in a in a later later episode, I'm sure. So, what was the question we had? Uh, so we had the obviously we had the two Reds questions, and then one question from my wonderful fiance about the it was about our Phillies and the Red Sox. She wanted to know. She asked two questions. I forgot to ask the other one when we were talking about the Padres. But her first question was, why are the Phillies and Red Sox so bad, and how can they be fixed? Now, the Phillies, there's a number of things. For one, I think Matt Klintak, the GM, has to go. As we've talked about a lot, Greg. Did not do a lot for the bullpen. Uh, they were really bad. Uh, you got to let some of these bigger contracts I mean, either expire. Talk about, talk, about, talk about Gabe the Babe getting, getting just no credit for the work he did last year. So there's a lot of there's a lot of media in Philadelphia that were on your side immediately, and a lot more that have been swayed to your side. Uh, but I think the bullpen, you know, I I understand what you're about to say of that he did it with a shit bullpen and a banged up Jake Arrieta and all these different fucking dumbasses that were hurt the whole time. Um, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of craziness too. He didn't ingratiate himself right away, Eric uh, Kapler. But Klentak, Greg, did you see what he said? We talked. We led the show off talking about JT Romito. He talked a week ago, and basically saying about Sixto Sanchez 
throwing a, a really good game against the Phillies and, and continuing to be a stud for the Marlins, goes, you know, we traded him to get two good years out of JT Real Muto. Good two years is what he said. 2019 and 2020. It's not even fucking a year and a half, Greg. Not even a year and a half. You refuse, you refuse to acknowledge to pay the fucking man, the best catcher in baseball, who's been and, an incredible four hitter. And now that that young stud pitcher is about to be in the playoffs and, and yeah. shock the world. And Jorge Alfaro, you want to talk about guy with a chip on his shoulder. Guys like guys had the fucking the hammer nailing in the last coffin for the Phillies every time they've played him, the Marlins. Guy loves to beat up on the Phillies. Just does. And not not that like picking up you know JT Ramito, better catcher and all that, but it just stings. It really does. And uh, you know, the the Phillies really putting up a dud over the weekend and trying granted against the Rays, but really trying all they had to do, they had to win two games and I think they would have gotten into the playoffs. Um the Mar the Yankees really fucked it up and didn't beat the Marlins over the weekend, but um the Phillies yeah, had, I mean, had so many different opportunities. They lost eight of their it, last nine it, games. I mean, Gabe, Gabe the Babes Phillies team would have made the playoffs. Just saying. He ma- so I don't so he Joe managed Girardi. games Joe so weird. No, Joe Girardi was good in his first year. No, nah, he's Gabe a Kapler was so he did so many weird things, and he, he try. I've used this analogy before. If he's a guy who like. Steals the he steals the homework from the nerd. He's the jock who steals the homework from the nerd, and passes it off as his own. Like you heard him try to explain analytics, and you're like, "What?" Like it was hard to to hear some of his explanations for some of the weird things that he came up with in terms of when he pulled the trigger on different guys coming out of the bullpen and all that sort of stuff. When to pull starters, um, and I think again, I think a sixty game season is kind of a it's in terms of judging a, a manager is, is kind of weird. Um, now granted, Greg, a, a, to an answer to your, or not an answer, but a, a credit to your argument that the giants and the Phillies were both equally as close to making the playoffs. The giants at one point were in the Phillies were not. Um, but I think to fix the Phillies, you need to address the bullpen. You need to sign Jake Arietta. If you can get uh DD Gregorius back too, that'd be awesome and address the bullpen. I mean, they're guys who are hurt. Get rid of Tommy Hunter. There's some Philadelphia sports writers that are like, oh, you can keep him. He's When he's fully healthy, he's good. Matt Klintak talk. No. Fuck Tommy Hunter. I hate that guy. Uh, but I'm taking up too much time talking about the Phillies. How do we fix the Red Sox? I think the Phillies, you know, it's – I don't know what is that big of – maybe you get him on like a veteran. I don't, I don't know if he's like the answer, but I think you do need to – I don't know. He's been hurt for he was on the team for three years and he's been hurt for two and a half seasons. And it's so painfully obvious, pun intended, that he's been hurt for the last two years in 2019 and 2020. Every time he gets on the mound, his sinker sucks. He lets up a billion runs by the fifth inning. And it's just like I was so excited when they got him, and then he pulls his oblique and was not the same since then. Sorry, I didn't mean it. Yeah. No, I know. That's what I mean. You're like sign him. I don't think necessarily signing him is the the key or the right No, no, you let Ariana walk. Is what I'm no, that's the case. Yeah, I'm saying let Ariana oh, walk. Sorry. Huh? Sign JT Bilmuto. Sorry, similar J names. And, and Gregorius. Yeah, sign JT and I mean, DD and address the bullpen. You need other starters, but like you have Spencer Howard who looked decently good and 
number of starts. Alec Boehm is the fucking truth. So don't fuck him up. Whatever you do in any sort of player development, let him keep doing whatever the fuck he's doing. Um, and I don't know. Other guys have been banged I mean, up throughout the years. Durability is a huge problem with the Phillies. So you got to figure some of that stuff out too. Yeah, and you don't want to go down the path of the Red Sox where you rely on your offense and you have zero pitching, oh, yeah. starting no, pitching, it's, or bullpen It's fucking pitching. painful, Greg. How many times – you've heard me rant about the Phillies' bullpen. It is fucking – this year was painful. Last year was bad, and it was 162 games. This year was somehow worse. It was so bad. Yeah, yeah no, and the Red Sox, surprisingly losing Lugie Betts, I mean, their offense looked real good this year. I mean, they, they put up a lot of – a lot of runs and yeah. that was with and that was with a couple injuries with Andrew Penn, Benintendi getting hurt and really in the beginning of the season not playing the whole last month and a half JD Martinez sitting out a bunch you know they had the trade deadline where they got rid of some of their like Kevin Pillar and some of the other guys who were producing for them but their offense did not necessarily skip a beat I think the fact that Chris Sale didn't play the fact that their top two guys you know Rodriguez didn't play a pitch the, the top two pitchers on their staff and and of all these coming off of a injury ridden year so they like slow played him really hindered them so I don't necessarily know that they need to fix their bullpen somewhere to the Phillies and maybe get another maybe a number three starter that's what they need they have one two with 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 Erod and and Sale and they need a number three starter but Sale's coming off Tommy John so you really need two starters because I mean, tell tell me about guys coming off Tommy John. Show me one that the next season was ready to go. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but some are, some end up being good. I mean, that's the whole yeah, but get it in high school takes them thing. a couple of years. Yeah, but they take them a couple of years. Plus, like knowing knowing the Red Sox and the MLB now, they're gonna have sell on innings restriction because he always wears out by the end of blah blah blah, and so reality. To me, I think I mean, could that be a play that they just wait to start him? They just wait until like May or June, assuming there's a full season. I mean, he got Tommy John right around spring training. So, oh, he... was it? Why did I think? Who waited until right before like summer camp to get his uh, to get his Tommy like declare he was out and got Tommy John surgery? I mean, pull, it could have been Sale, but pull pull the uh, the Scotty Pippen. I mean, it could have been still, but I'm, I thought it was earlier. Somebody did. Maybe I'm, you're right. Yeah. But but Rodriguez, he uh, he got a mild form of COVID and for and like got the heart um, oh. condition that came with it. Yikes! So that's why he missed because like COVID caused a heart palpitation and some serious things going yeah, on. So good. he had to like, yeah, he had to deal with that and and figure out his body and how that was going to work for him. Um, so that was like a whole. A big thing, but uh, to me, it's pitching. Their yeah. offense again didn't miss a beat without Mookie, and they needed to spend some serious cash. I don't know what the free agent market looks like for pitching, and they had some young guys this year who ended the season nicely, but that's not the answer. I think the Red Sox need to forget about this under the luxury tax nonsense. Go out, get a get a big name pitcher, get one or two big name pitchers, and call it a day. What what's this under the luxury tax nonsense? Explain this to uh, me and the other non Red Sox fans. So, as you know, if you're over the luxury tax in in Major League Baseball, yes, you pay 
so instead of a salary cap, they call it a luxury tax. Correct. And if you're if you're over that threshold, over that number, you pay a crazy amount of num- amounts of money in fines to Major League Baseball. Not necessarily fine, but you just pay money back to Major League Baseball. It's a tax, yeah. Right. So what? what is the re- so you what's the Red Sox lose, relationship with this? You also lose a draft pick. Oh really? I didn't realize that. I think it's like a, but it's like late. It's like a six, fifth, six oh. or fifth, somewhere around there. Um, the Red Sox have been over that number while Dombrowski was in town because Dombrowski is really a he. That's Dombrowski ruined the, the Tigers. It's the same sort of deal. You know, you really you went over the tax to win a World Series. It worked. He won a World Series, but depleted the farm system to do it. You know, really go out and pay this is this rule was put in for the yankees basically because the yankees buy championships um before this this recent kick of developing players that they're on right now um and the red sox have found themselves now as the new yankees who have been buying championships left and right so now to ensure that uh this doesn't happen again major league baseball like i said put in this luxury tax red sox ownership group was like all right dombrowski's gone let's trade mookie we're we're going to do everything we can to stay under the luxury tax they're under the luxury tax this year they want to be a team that develops homegrown talent they don't want to be over the luxury tax anymore and so this is their way of doing that that's why they went out and got heim bloom from the rays organization who rays are mr i mean the rays are build from the ground up right that's their mo that they've been developing talent for ever it seems like in the radio organization so um i don't know did i explain it did i miss anything no that no no that's you explained it well and explained uh the red sox relationship with it so i appreciate yeah that. so the, the, the red sox are trying to basically no longer be above this was the first year they weren't they're they're trying to no longer be above it it's ultimately hurting them because they produced a terrible team on the field luckily there was no fans this year to boo and not show up to the games uh but this ownership group, well, have has well, they've won a lot of championships. I believe some people in Boston think they've outstayed their welcome a little bit, uh, just because of how greedy they've been with the prices and the pink hats. And you know, everyone talks about the pink hat fans for the Red Sox. Sort of the they tried they made the Red Sox a brand versus a baseball team. Interesting. And I'm sure you, yeah, and I'm sure you deal with it in Philly with with fake fans because philly is all about fake fans but you know you have the you know oh let's go to family post on instagram let's wear our pink hats or pink uh red sox hats you know they don't sell they sell out more red sox hats that are pink trying to appeal to women than they Mm. do the regular blue with the b on it Mm, that little b as a uh survivor player god that's the pink hat fans, as yes. they call it in Boston. So we don't have that in Philadelphia. Uh, not not a phenomenon like that. I um, there aren't really. I'm not going to dignify the fake fans part with a response because uh, <laughs> I let the the Eagles, Flyers, and Phillies or the Eagles and Flyers uh, ticket sales speak for themselves when the teams suck. I mean, uh, talk about anyway. No, but seriously though, like yeah, they, well, they, that's they, a they podcast for like, later they, this week they, about they, the Eagles. They came they came with the Red Sox, uh, you know, nation. Which is like what? They oh yeah, call I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they, it's like a whole like you know they try to charge people. Well, I will to, say to, to the Phillies of, of how bleak it can get when the team's not good, and obviously we had the huge here in Philadelphia had the huge dip from 2011 to basically them signing Bryce Harper because they were 
in first place in the NL East for so long in 2018. And then they signed Bryce Harper. And I talked about it on this podcast before of how many fans you see going to a game last year that were wearing number three Harper jerseys and versus wearing a Chase Utley jersey or a Jimmy Rollins jersey or a Ryan Howard jersey or Cole Hamels when that was still fashionably acceptable um, or Kruk or Schmidt, whomever, you know, listing off all legends. Roy Halladay had just passed away wearing him, all this stuff. And how many more of it was, was Harper and people coming back. And there was that same sense of pride of like, you know, I was coming to the games, not necessarily just me. I don't mean to make this sound like I don't like that people all of a sudden started showing up when the team got good. But I was coming in 2018 when the team was good too. And there's a lot of other people that have the same feeling. You know, the team was good. They had this, they had this uprising of Reese Hoskins came, you know, came out of nowhere in 2017, has this great year in 18. And since then has been a, you know, that's another discussion for another time, but Aaron Nola and the bid he made a couple years ago towards the Cy Young and all this different stuff. And to see all of a sudden, not necessarily the Phillies becoming an acceptable brand again, because uh, the Eagles, if you're going to talk about branding, probably number one, easily number one in Philadelphia, uh, regardless of cowardly moves that may or may not have been made over the weekend. Um, that's all I'll say in this episode. Tune into the fun VTL gate later this week to talk about it. But the Phillies, to no. your point, is, is a similar of like, yeah, there's there's people who now go to the game and are much more there to to be there, and that, I think that's a I think that's a greater thing that plagues sports in general, and kind of being there for the experience rather than for for love of the game or anything like that. But I feel like that's also the way that a lot of these people came up through the minor leagues, where that was the way to get people to come to games. So that might be part of it too. No, I don't disagree, but like you know, this ownership group now is bought into. Um... Who's the team that just won the Premier League? Uh, oh yeah, they do. Uh, Manchester City. They 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 own them, right? No, no, or the Liverpool? reverse, right? Liverpool. Yeah, they own Liverpool. Who owns Manchester? Oh, the Yankees. I think own part of Manchester City. Yeah, but yeah. they got it because the Red Sox got it. The point is that like this 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 ownership group. I mean, whatever the ownership group. They they won us a couple World Series. Blah blah blah. But at this point, um, you know, I just. You know they don't want to be on the, on the they don't want to be over the lecture checks fine sure. but it, you want to rebuild the farm system that was depleted to almost nothing they have one prospect in the top 150 maybe yeah this, this is the rumor tomorrow so, junior effect from the phillies and they yeah, only so won the one, one that, world series and he got run out of town right so the point is that now they're going to be rebuilding and that's just not going to fly in boston yeah. there's just too many there's too many good sports teams, and if, if you're not good, and especially baseball, which is starting to slowly be gone, if it wasn't for Fenway and the history of Fenway and how fun it is to be at a game at Fenway, as you know, I don't know what sales would be like. You know, I don't know how people if if this terrible team keeps producing year in and year out. So, Emily, I mean, sorry, third and girl, you can cut out me saying her name. The way to fix the Red Sox: go over the luxury tax, spend some GD money, get some starting pitching, fix the bullpen, throw money at the problem. That's how you fix the Red Sox. Throw like money it. at the problem. You, you have the money, do it. The offense is fine. Sign everyone, bring them back, throw money at the problem. Boom. I like it. <laughs> Maybe host the All-Star game? Get that in there? I mean, uh, they've been trying, but yeah. MLB doesn't want it. They want to show off all these new stadiums. Yeah, it took the, it'll take Citizens Bank Park 22 years 
to have hosted since it opened? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm doing the math wrong. Uh, Wait, no, I'm not. No, when I'm are they hosting right. it? Uh, when are they hosting it? In six years for the uh, 250th birthday of America. Interesting. I wonder Which, why Philly. Yeah, I wonder why. Um, but they, yeah, 70, they got 1976, again, 200th. Uh, and then uh, they had 1996 imagine, at the vet. Which, imagine uh, that. Uh, my parents sorry. went to that one. Imagine that home run derby at that Little League park that you guys call a stadium. Uh, well, Greg, it, the wind does blow out to right field, so left-handed hitters would have a blast. But it would be awesome. Maybe there'd be one in the third deck, you know, the cheap seats. You think Ryan Howard comes back in six years to, uh, <laughs> they knowing how Philadelphia sports like does these types of big events, there probably will be some sort of like alumni home run derby or an alumni game, nice. alumni softball game. Cause like when the, the flyers have hosted the outdoor hockey games, I'm sure the Bruins have done this too. They do like the alumni games and all this stuff. And then they've just, because those were so successful, they just had the alumni game. Like they randomly had a Flyers Penguins alumni game in the year between the game at Hinesfield and the game at the Link. And that was eighteen and or no seventeen and nineteen. So in two thousand eighteen, they just hosted another uh, alumni game randomly. Those That's things do cool. sell. Yeah. yeah. Listen, um, let's 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 yeah let's, let's wrap this thing up. Pre- wait, let's play predictor real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, hey, World Series. Yeah, shit. No, no, not, not even World Series. In six years, who wins? The who who's who's the all star of all all stars in the all star game and who wins the home run derby if they have one in six years? Is uh, it is it some unknown player or is it someone currently in the in major leagues? And if it is someone current, who do you take? Who are you taking? I'm trying to think of a lefty that I'd want to pick. I mean, Bryce Harper would be fun being hometown guy. Um, oh yeah, he'll still be on his 35 year deal. Yeah, it's mega deal. Uh, Tatis would be fun. Vlad Jr. would be fun. They, I mean, they should still be Ooh, good then. Vlad Jr. Yeah, they should be. They should still be good then. I mean, Vlad. I want to see if Vlad Jr. could hit one. If he could replicate the the Yoannis uh, Cespedes moonshot that I saw him hit, like maybe a month after he got traded to the Mets, that I it was five years ago, and I think that ball still hasn't landed yet. I think it's um, it's going to be Rafael Devers, the big lefty for the Red Sox. Who's is Verdugo a lefty? He can mash it, right? He is a lefty. Yeah. yeah. Devers just turned 21, three years in the Major League Baseball, and he just turned 21. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Was that JBJ, though? He was 18 when he first came up? No, he played four years at uh, South Carolina. Oh, really? I don't really Go Cox. Yeah. Go Cox. Hey, there it is. Um, I'm trying to think who else would be like a good good young one to say. Um, maybe Aloy Jimenez? I mean, Mitch... Or oh, sorry, uh, you said Mitch uh, Moreland. No, Pete Alonso. He's a he's a righty, right? Yeah, but that, that's fine. He he could still do well there. Um, trying to think, because you can really because like who's the big lefty power hit of the day? Seriously, uh, that's a good question. Uh, Judge will be gone. Stanton will be retired. Judge won't be gone. Judge would yeah. be like in his tenth year in the league. He might be. Yeah. He might be in a prime spot for that. Uh, nah, he's Judge just a is hater. Be terrible, but Judge is gonna be terrible. He was terrible the last two years. He's just injuries. He can't stay on the field. All he needs to make. He just needs to make it to the world. The, not the World Series. To the. Uh, well, he needs to do that too. But he needs to make it to the home run derby. That's all you need. Half a season. 
Be healthy. <laughs> uh, I can't uh, even do that. Miserable. I don't know who's got to... Anyway. Anyway, World Series prediction, though. You mentioned it. Prediction game. Um, I like Mookie the... bets. Yeah, I like the Dodgers, too. Uh, American League team. I don't know. I really like the A's. Uh, I feel like that's pretty chalky to go the two Cali teams, but... I'm going to take the Rays. I want it. Oh, Although... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's tough, but I le- I I respect it. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dodgers A's, uh, and I'm gonna say the Dodgers win. Redemption arc is complete. Yeah, I mean, real reality is probably gonna be the fucking Yankees, but they don't have the pitching, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that that first round matchup is is gonna be interesting, and then uh, they'll play the Rays, and that should be a very fun series. Whoever ultimately goes out to. Uh, well, I guess they they go out to California regardless because that's where the American League bubble is. But uh, yeah, it should be it's gonna be fun. I'm excited for playoff baseball. I'm excited, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm excited to see this three game set go out uh, and see see what we get done. You know, Jordy, Greg, are you currently watching the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, I've been watching the score as we've been podcasting. I mean, did I not predict the Tampa Bay Lightning? You did. You said that. You said the game was over, or the series was over once uh, Stamkos came back, scored, and then got hurt. And I, and I picked them from the beginning. I said my non-homer pick. I said I'm going to pick the Bruins, but I said since I know the Bruins will probably lose. The fucking Lightning. Golly. They look so good in that uh, that. I guess preseason the exhibition game when they first got to the bubble, they, and then they just they just look great throughout it. I mean, I'm gonna quickly I'm I'm gonna miss hockey. I'm gonna miss basketball, even though the, those finals start on Wednesday. Um, but I'm gonna miss it. We don't know when it's coming back. They said does not seem like the December first date is gonna gonna go. We still get the draft. We still get free agency. But you know we're probably getting at least three months without it, which is kind of a bummer. So. I guess well, we I normally get it, I, but, you know. I think the NHL, because the NHL had that lockout season that started in January, so I think they're always really realistically planning on January. Yeah, they, that's a good point that they could do. And they know they're, they've are they already said they're not doing 82 games, so they could just do right. – they could do a lockout-type season where the Stanley Cups were awarded sometime around the 4th of July. Like, I think that that season was – Well, they did the lockout. They did 40 it was games. 48 and games. The... And then the uh, – the what's his face, the Blackhawks with what's his face that scored the two goals. Um, that was like a week before the Fourth of July. I won't say who it was against. Don't worry, I'm not going to bring that up to you. Just to everyone else who remember they scored the, the yeah. you know the two goals with less than a minute left. Greg can uncover your ears. Um, and that was like right before the Fourth of July. So they could easily do that. The NBA did that too, and they had their lockout shortened year. But I think they're set on trying to do an I mean, 82 problem, game the- season. Yeah, the problem with the NBA is that they're all prima donnas and, and they're going to need seven games off, seven days off between every game. So it's just impossible for them to... I find it get... so funny that they have been pumping through every single series. They've been playing every other night. And now the both of those series end early. So they're just like, oh no, we're going to give you three days off because you ended early. Whereas the NHL... And this isn't supposed. To, I'm not meaning this is like I mean, a plus, hockey plus, plus the Celtics. The, the 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 Celtics played on Friday, and their next game or Saturday, and the next game wasn't until Tuesday. 
Oh wow, um, I did not realize that either. But like, they, I mean, this they is didn't want to be compete, a hockey they, they, versus basketball. They didn't want. They didn't want to compete with the MLB or uh, NFL. Uh, NFL. But like, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Well, hockey was doing something similar. They put a back to back in the Stanley Cup final. But this is not meant to be like a hockey versus basketball thing because baseball is doing the same thing. They're playing it, you know, boom, 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 boom throughout the playoffs. It's just wild to me that like everyone else is trying to like get their players through the season, get them through granted baseball's semi bubbling. They're not all in one location, but like hockey, they converted the bubbles. They basically have taken zero days off except for, you know, during the Stanley cup finals and basketball is like, you know, Oh, you get three days off here. You know, they could play tomorrow. They would not. And like, yeah. I would think that if, if the Plus, like, stars they let all the some pl- miraculous comeback, like they let all seven, the fucking, they let all the families in. They let all the the. That's fine. Know, they're I mean, just they're just some soft. Of the fam- uh, didn't some family NBA members, soft. Some family members came for hockey, so don't don't. No, call they that didn't. Way. No, they didn't. NBA but soft. wife's been there. They show her every game. NBA soft. Anyway, um, but yeah, I I don't know why you don't pick Tuesday and give them two days off. I guess because you had a game, you had a game seven scheduled for Tuesday because you didn't want to compete with them. So what well, you're gonna Wednesday, make the... Wednesday's prime time. You know they get the they get the LeBron versus the Heat. You know LeBron gets to play his old team that he promised eight championships to, and he's gonna give him another one this year. No, uh, reality is the Lakers are gonna win. That they they the Heat just don't have the bigs, man. The Lakers bigs are just. Yeah, too, I mean the Celtics didn't have the bigs either to, to compete with the Lakers. Yeah, the AD is. Uh... Plus, like Dwight Howard and like you know AD's McGill, good. Yeah, McGee. McGee, yeah, exactly. Um, and McGee and they have Morris. Like they, they just have four bigs that no one on the Heat or Celtics could match up with. Like for seven games. Yeah, it's hopefully it's entertaining. I mean, I think that's one thing that that's an interesting podcast topic for the off season um, of like what do we learn with so many sports going on at once and like what can't what do we think the different leagues could do. Uh, it's a more journalistic approach, if you will, Greg. A little more serious, if we uh, ever decide to do that. But the I only think... thing I like, the only thing I like about the Heat is their length. I know you're trying to switch subjects. The only thing I like about the Heat is their length. Like, they have enough length to maybe match the Lakers, but their bigs are just no, no, no match. Yeah, you're giving more basketball analysis than I'm equipped to do because I'm not a. Uh, I like basketball a lot, and obviously, Emily is a humongous NBA fan. But I, uh, I cannot hold my own in in an NBA conversation, which is why I. Uh, Try not to have them on the podcast unless I have a basketball expert. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Anyway, but yeah, I think it would be an interesting. Ooh, they're pulling the cup out. You need to turn on. You need to turn on. The yeah, yeah, we're gonna cup. wrap this thing up so I can go watch the uh, the cup get awarded. But Greg, um, I appreciate you jumping on. We uh, this almost was a solo show. We almost were gonna maybe try to do it tomorrow, but I have a ton of work that I have to get done. So I appreciate you doing this tonight. I know you have a very busy schedule as well. So. I appreciate it, man. It was awesome. And I hope you had a blast. Go Mookie. <laughs> well, uh, we'll wrap this up. Everybody. Oh, wait, another another year Mike Trout's not going to win a playoff game. Just saying. I was waiting for you to say it. Emily wanted to ask a question about Mike Trout, and she wanted me to ask it off the top, but I wanted to see how long it would take you. Uh, but everybody, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you go subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Search it, mash the subscribe button, leave us a nice review. ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, the Bullpen Card Podcast Group. You saw us having fan questions. We post a little thing on Instagram to collect them. 
And we post in our podcast group. We have discussions. I post random articles and crap. So if you like a more streamlined approach to that sort of thing, join it. Be a part of the conversation. But that'll do it. We'll be back later this week with the NFL show. Probably Wednesday night, but we'll see when it is. But for my man, Greg Pitelli, I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great week, everybody. And go baseball. Go Mookie.